Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Pepper, host of the Lace Out podcast, and welcome to Lace Out's latest instalment of our Chat With series, this time with Tim Costello. Tim Costello spent 13 years as the Chief Executive of World Vision Australia, and is now putting awareness of gambling harm on the national agenda, including the harm sports betting companies have on our great game of Australian rules football and society as a whole. Some of the facts you'll hear in our chat will shock you and make you realise gambling on the footy is changing not only how you watch our great game, how our kids are as well. I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did, and I implore you to share this interview with as many people as you can. So next time someone you love goes to place a bet, maybe they'll think twice. Tim Costello, thank you very much for your time, and welcome to Lace Out. Lovely to be with you. I'm a footy fan, so I always love talking to anyone who loves footy. I have to say, I know that you're a massive Essendon fan. How are they going to go this year? Let's get that out of the way now. How are they going to go in season 22? What are your hopes for them? I, I think most Essendon fans like me can see a plan and a way forward under Truck's coaching. When it was him sharing it with Woosher, we couldn't quite work out what the plan was and <laughs> where, where we are going. I think uh, last year showed a style of play, a development plan that is linear, you know, into the future about what we're intending to do and has given us all hope. So I'm feeling quietly confident. It's been heavily promoted that Rafael Nadal has won 21 Grand Slams in the time that you haven't won a final. Will you break the record in 2022? Absolutely confident we will win a final. Well, we won't have a bet on that, but how did it get to where we are now where in the first 10 months of 2020, we had over 400,000 radio and TV ads, sports betting companies hit the airwaves. How has it got to the point that we are right now? Well, it's got there because sadly, uh, sports betting companies now are upstream of the AFL. They really have a veto and a control over the game. We think it's Gil McLaughlin and uh, the uh, AFL board that uh, controls the game. Um, when I talk to uh, media companies, uh, they will tell us without sports betting revenue for them, broadcasting the game becomes, you know, uh, tricky to bid for. So we literally have handed the sport over to sports betting companies and Sportsbet, which is the AFL's preferred uh, uh, sponsor. It is its sponsor. Uh, uh, with so many other sports betting companies first registered in the Northern Territory where there was no control, loose uh, regulation, international sports betting companies targeting our kids and controlling the game all emanating out of the Northern Territory, which uh, was a, a frontier free land for them to actually get this sort of influence. And once entrenched, uh, the AFL can't imagine a future for itself uh, without sports betting. It gets tied in largely to TV broadcasting rights. That's the way they've been able to do a, a reverse takeover of our game. Uh, and that's the position we're now in. And... Sort of where this has come from is I, um, I was speaking to one of my close mates and he just said to me, Peps, I don't like sport anymore. It's all the betting side of things. And when I saw some statistics around how sports gambling and so forth has virtually taken over sport, he's just lost the passion for it. And that's what sort of led to this discussion and me trying to find out more because we have the 2022 season coming up 
And yes, I know that I must admit, I don't mind the old flutter on, on a game here and there, but it's a lot more than that because for my odd, you know, $5, $10, et cetera, there are people whose livelihoods are on, you know, a kick here and a kick there can turn it into a great weekend or going home to be emotionally, financially impacted. Yep. No, you're, you're totally right. Look, uh, what we don't realise is there's lots of fathers now that can't even take their kids to a game because they'll get the urge because they have a gambling addiction. Or there's a, a whole lot of um, people who love sport, but because of the gambling urge and addiction that has got out of control, they, they know if they watch uh, the odds that are always promoted, not only uh, hook them in, but profoundly affect their kids. There's not a 12-year-old child today that now doesn't know the sports bet odds, the jingles, the logo, uh, where the mainstreaming into kids' culture. Remember, this is a adult product. People say, oh, it's illegal. What's wrong? Well, yeah, well, cigarettes are legal. Mm. You don't advertise them with football. Alcohol, when it used to be the Fosters, you know, grand final is legal. You don't alcohol. You don't advertise it. You can't have an alcohol ad, let alone a cigarette on yep. ad on the TV news at six o'clock. But you'll have sports bet ads. You can't have them um, uh, that this adult product anywhere else except here. So it's it's destroying the love of the game for a whole lot of people who do have gambling urges. And Australia has the greatest number per head of people with gambling problems in the world. By the way, our losses out of the program of being number one in the world for losses in gambling per yep. head, those losses are 40% higher than the nation that comes second. That's how out of control this is. I, I say to people, we look at America and go, they're crazy about guns and it's sick and it's wrong. What a blind spot. America and the rest of the world looks at Australia and says, they have a total blind spot when it comes to this adult product shaping and capturing their sport mainstreaming and normalizing with their kids gambling it is a total blind spot so um this is why it is really worrying for sport and and devastating in terms of the hold they now have in preparation for this chat you mentioned that kids we're going back in around about 2016 17 but one in four children could name four gambling brands or more 31 percent of victorian secondary school students have gambled we also had, even going far back as 1999, Australia had 20% of the world's pokies. And at one stage, Victoria had 12% of its state raised taxes from gambling. Like, it's not just an addiction for the players, it's addiction for the government and the parties involved because they know it's it's almost a licence to print money for them. So why would they want to turn that tap off? Yeah, look, uh, state governments, particularly after two royal commissions and a Crown Casino, another one up in Sydney uh, starting to go we've been found out. We have taken the political donations and uh, there's been money laundering, trafficking of women. There's been enabling of organised crime that hurts the whole community. So state governments are starting to have the acid put on them. With sports betting, it's the feds that control it. It's the telecommunications power in the Australian constitution. So it's Paul Fletcher who hasn't even met with me. And they literally have the power to say no child should be seeing a sports betting ad. By the way, Italy, Spain have banned all gambling ads. (laughs) Uh, Scandinavian countries allow you to spend only 500 kroner 
a week uh, with a sports betting account. Other nations have said, this is addictive. This corrupts the sport. We're not going to allow this. And here have been governments, the federal government that's in control of sports betting allowing it. So when Miss Minister Colbeck, who has been in charge of aged care, is under fire for not turning up to a aged care inquiry, he's also the sports minister, enjoying three days, watching Bet365 ads at the cricket brought to you. We had last year the sports bet count. We had the sports bet grand final. This upstream capture because of broadcasting rights and dependence uh, on the gambling dollar is both with the AFL. And I say the AFL really should be out ahead of state governments. You see, clubs have been getting out of pokies. Clubs, uh, Eddie Maguire, when uh, he got rid of pokies at Collingwood, he rang me and he said, you've been a pain in the backside, Tim, but you're right, mm -hmm. you've done the right thing, it cost us some money, I feel. Eddie said, I feel like it's a spiritual experience, Tim, doing the right thing. Now, you know, you might go, Eddie, spiritual experiences, <laughs> but that's actually how he felt. And clubs have been leading. Most clubs have got out of any sports betting logos and ads, Geelong were the first. It's the AFL. Yep. Uh, the AFL were fine letting clubs get out of pokies because that was their money. But the AFL, which takes wonderful stands on Indigenous rights and on gay pride and uh, says we are there for the community and young people, literally are in bed with a predator. Um, the sports betting companies that really are preying and grooming our kids, and I use that word deliberately, grooming our kids to be gamblers. That's that's what's so wrong about this. Well, you said on the endgamblingads.org.au website, there's a quote from you that says, the gambling industry is making a very deliberate play to capture a generation of children through sport. And I cannot agree with you any more than that. I've taken my son and my daughter, you know, my, my son's 10, my daughter's 13. So they're at that impressionable age. My son said the other day, hey, dad, I've got the sports bet app on my, on my phone. I'm like, hold on a second, what? And he, he sort of laughed about it. But when they've spent in 2020 around about $139 million on advertising, it's going to be on your phone. It's going to be on TV. It's going to be on uh, radio. Their ads have been, I must admit, from a creative standpoint, sensational. But they remember the ad. They remember the tagline, et cetera. And it is, it's, in, it's impressionable everywhere that you go. One of the great things about going to the MCG at night is the flashing lights, you've got the LEDs around, et cetera. But the, the, the flip side of that is, is that you can just turn an, a gambling ad on like that and it's just everywhere, 360 degrees, wherever you look. It is literally out of control. And the AFL are hypocrites in this side of things. So they've banned players like Jaden Stevenson for gambling. And we're talking small amounts here that they know about. Yet they'll allow Neds to sponsor the Brisbane Lions. They'll accept $10 million per year in sports betting deals. And just recently, which is one thing that you've also mentioned as well, is the fact that they've just completed a five-year, $25 million deal with Crypto.com for the naming rights for the score review process. But that's also going to be for the finals and premiership series as well too. So it'll be the Crypto.com final series. Yep. This is a profound failure of leadership by the AFL. And... Uh, Jaden Stevenson, I think, was the high moment of hypocrisy. Where would Jaden Stevenson get the idea to uh, place a bet as a player? Could it be from all the logos on the ground he was playing on? 
uh, with the AFL getting money. I mean, the hypocrisy of being both the uh, judge and condemning Jaden Stevenson whilst doing uh, multiple times more money and damage than Jaden Stevenson, I thought was a moment of great hypocrisy. Mick Warner in his book, The Boys Club, talking about the AFL, talks very strongly about their AFL hypocrisy here and not recognising they're getting owned. Now, by, by getting owned, it is also changing and corrupting the game. Um, young guys who um, are going to a game, because I've interviewed them outside the MCG, are watching a different game. They're not actually even interested in necessarily their team. They're interested in the bet they place who's going to kick the first goal and who's ahead at the first quarter. It's, they're literally watching a different game. Uh, so this, this is really uh, destructive of a culture of the great game we love. That's, that's how serious uh, what we're seeing is going on. And it's not just going to be the effect on the people placing the bet. We're talking the effect of players as well too, with social media and so forth, being able to be instant messaging, being able to talk directly or point a message directly in their path. The emotional toll it would take on them for, for missing a goal or not getting an extra handball or, or uh, not getting a tackle because it doesn't get them over the spread, that's got to lead to what they're going through from an emotional standpoint as well. So it's it's that flow-on effect, not just from the immediate party, but the surrounding parties that are connected to it as well. They're getting influenced by something that, in a way, is totally out of their hands. Absolutely. Look, we, we know um, players have talked about um, being trolled uh, by gamblers who had a spread bet on them kicking a first goal or whatever, being trolled and attacked. Look, what we're seeing is this profound shift of culture. With uh, horse racing and uh, greyhound racing, you own they, you, they only existed for gambling. Yep. That, that was what we all understood. There really wouldn't be a horse race without gambling. But that didn't apply to AFL footy or to cricket for that matter, or to league and rugby, to actually turn players effectively into racehorses or greyhound dogs. Mm. That, that is actually what the cultural shift is, and it is devastating. can't open up the app on your phone. You can't check. You can't even open up the paper now with the teams. And regardless of who has the best group in there or the best setup, it's going to come down to the odds. That's what people look at. That's what they look at the favourite now. Not who's got the best team on the park is who's paying $1.20 and who's paying $2.85. It's, it's gone completely the opposite as well too. Have you got some examples of in terms of from a, a social or a health impact on society? Because obviously we, we know it's going to affect financially because that's the, that's the tangible asset, which is the dollars. The money comes out of your account. We can see that. But from a health impact or from a social impact, how is it, you know, what are examples of, of the damage it's causing at, at a family level, work level, etc.? Oh, it, 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 like all gambling addictions, it is devastating. There are suicides, there is bankruptcy, there are kids going hungry, there is domestic violence, uh, there are massive mental health issues that uh, arise and because Australia has the greatest number of problem gamblers in the world, they are exacerbating. From a parenting point of view, I am stopped by often mothers or fathers, complete strangers to me in the street who recognise me and they are livid. They say our kids love sport, they love their footy heroes 
we now are seeing our kids literally uh, being groomed and softened up just to be gamblers. And we feel as parents, we've lost control. Uh, how do you put a child to bed at 8.30 when we got a minor amendment that you couldn't show sports bed ads until after 8.30? Well, that's half time, you know. In a night game, how do you put your kids to bed? They're still seeing all the ads. Well, normally at halftime during a game, they will go and do sports bet as an example. We'll do so. How are the odds looking for at halftime? Melbourne, Melbourne are this and X amount. They'll go to it no, after that time. Brown will come on exactly and do the do the ads. Exactly right. Um, and the other cultural shift that actually is occurring is the um, sports bet. Uh, 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 offering to create community amongst mates. So they're getting groups of mates together and showing ads of them having fun sports betting. Now, community is a wonderful gift. Friendship is a wonderful uh, gift. The most fundamental gift, I think, in human life is to have friends. To be owned and corrupted by sports betting, I find deeply offensive, deeply offensive. Look, they aren't spending $130 million in advertising because it doesn't work, particularly during lockdown. These sports bet ads uh, were in MasterChef and uh, in the block in friendly family viewing times. This is saturation, saturation of a culture to actually yank it in a, a, a different direction. I have never been a prohibitionist. I believe adults absolutely have the right to gamble. Yep. This is different. This is literally handing over friendship and community and kids' minds to the gambling industry, let alone our great game. That's why this is so profoundly shattering for me. Who would have thought that now you can bet on who's going to win a cooking competition or who's going to win a renovating competition? Aussies used to bet on two flies climbing up a wall. Now it's who's going to make the best souffle and whose dessert's going to dominate the competition. It's, it is out of control. Even with COVID, like I was just reading a stat here that, you know, some real-time data by a credit agency called Ilion and an analytics firm called Alpha Beta said that during COVID, gambling grew 300% in terms of online gambling and so forth because you couldn't do anything. That's right. And and bored young men were their particular target group, but uh, they, they're extending that. Um, by the way, you, you said something that I think is a misconception for me. Yeah, go for it. You said the Australians, you know, bet on two flies going up a wall, on wall, up a wall. Yep. What the gambling industry in Australia has been brilliant at doing is saying, of all nations on earth, it's in our culture. We are gamblers on earth because culturally we just... You know, we're baptised in eucalyptus oil and gambling at birth. It's just Aussie. Now, that's absolutely wrong. The Chinese, the Kiwis, the English all claim to be the greatest gamblers on earth. Uh, and we have the greatest losses because we have the most irresponsible governments because we have the AFL who have been captured by them. It's not that actually... Aussies just love gambling more than other cultures. That's actually complete nonsense. It's the irresponsibility of our governments and institutions like the AFL, which explains why we have the greatest losses on earth. I remember there was a TV ad many, many years ago, and it was an alcohol ad when it was like, oh, son, get me a beer from the fridge. And 
son would go and do it. And then that young man turned into a father. And then he said to his son, son, can you get me a beer from the fridge? And it was influencing family, influencing people to, hey, you know, it's okay to grab a beer. Can you go and do it for me? And introducing, we're going down the same way. This is where it's, it's all influence. You know, this is what we're impacted by the environment that we're surrounded in. And if, if the, if the parents are doing it, if dad's doing it, mum's doing it, auntie and uncles are doing it, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, here, have a go. Have a scratchy. It is everywhere. And we're desens- you're right, you're desensitising because it's funny when the fat guy runs down the racetrack with two wheelie bins in, in the sports beat ad. That is funny, but they don't realise what is sitting behind it in terms of yeah. the impact and, it has. And you might remember the, you know, the AFL uh, forced desperately to stop uh, uh, the banning of alcohol being advertised yep. in the Foster's Cup and they said it will be the end of the game and we can't replace that money. Well, the sky didn't fall in. Same before when it was Benson and Hedges cricket. Oh, it'll be the end of, you know, cricket and we won't be able to run the game. We, the gambling industry is now sort of saying we're essential to the sport. We are fundamental. Uh, and any pushback, they, they go, oh, you're just a wowser or you're cultural against it. No, other nations don't do this. So they have people who love gambling as much as any Australian. Yeah, this, this capture of the culture. And I think the issue with children is my biggest beef. You know, we, we had a Royal Commission into institutional abuse uh, of kids and it was shocking. And it is unbelievable to me that we've now handed effectively our kids over to the gambling industry to be groomed and targeted. We will one day, I think, have a Royal Commission into how we allowed uh, the gambling industry that power over our kids. That, that to me, will be what happened. We, we, we got the dad saying, son, get me a beer mm-hmm. uh, out, of, out of our system, and we said, no, that's wrong. That's not good modelling. Yeah. We're not going to allow that on TV. But here we are, allowing any number of sports bets to target our kids. And all you need is a mobile phone and a Apple account or a, a Google Play Store account, and you can download them straight away. And you can actually leave your house, uh, lose your house without leaving your house. If you have a gambling pro- uh, problem, the and you're drinking and you're watching sport, yep. this is profoundly dangerous. The restraints that uh, might have once been there of having to go down to the TAB. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when the TABs did were not allowed to have seats in them because yep. they didn't want people to get comfortable or to serve food because we said... We know this is addictive. If you're going to go to the TAB, you go in and place a bet and you leave. Now it's instantly accessible while you're drinking, while you're eating. Uh, that's what sports betting companies have done for us. So why get involved in the uh, in the campaign for stopping gambling ads, etc.? What was the catalyst for you to go, okay, I need to direct my attention this way? Well, the catalyst literally was parents saying to me, my, my kids have grown up, so they missed you know, the sports betting tsunami. Uh, parents of younger kids saying, with genuine rage and impotence, how can this be allowed? Uh, I, I'm their parent. I should be, I should, when they want to watch the sport and uh, uh, read you know, the paper, uh, why are they having an adult product that actually is targeting them? And, and that 
for me was really simple. The one job for adults, really the one job for adults is to protect their kids and protect their childhood. That's really what our job is. And we've allowed sports betting companies and the greed of the AFL to undermine our, our role as parents. When you put it that way, not all of us are doing a great job. A lot we're trying. No. We're trying, but is that one of the biggest myths about it? Is it's a bit of fun, it's not gonna hurt anyone. Is that is that the myth that seems to be portrayed in, in the ads? Is this, is this the myth? You know, it's only five bucks here, it's only ten bucks here. But it does cause issues. It does cause it does cause problems. The myths are twofold. The first myth is that it's Aussie to do it. Yep. You're not you're sort of un Australian if you you're not doing it. And why would you even raise your voice? That's that's that cultural myth which is so subversive. The the second myth that's going on. Yeah, which is the smarmy at the end gamble responsibly message. Gamble responsibly came from the National Rifle Association. So Clubs New South Wales who own so many of the world's pokies. Um, uh, just a figure for you on pokies. Yep. Uh, while we had 20% of the world's pokies, we had 75% of the world's pokies that were in pubs and clubs. Most pokies in the world are in casinos. Yep. You've got to drive a great distance to get there. Now you've got to get home. When the pokies are so accessible in every pub and club, you're going out just to buy your milk and bread. You weren't going out to gamble and you find yourself being drawn in because they're accessible. Yep. Well, Clubs New South Wales go to the National Rifle Association in America. There, they're taught, guns don't kill, people kill. Never blame the gun. Blame the person. They came back and sold the state governments this mythical, nonsensical thing, gamble responsibly. Oh, most of us are responsible. It's a few pathetic people. You can never stop them or help them. Absolutely, when you saturate a whole culture with gambling ads, they Blaming the individual, not upstream, pulling into line the sports betting companies that have captured our kids. There's the responsibility, not simply blaming individuals because the culture is churning out people who think it's Aussie and they won't get into trouble uh, and it can't really hurt them. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's the irresponsibility of sports betting advertising and the targeting and capture of the culture. Okay, so what can people do? What can people, how can people get behind this campaign of stopping gambling ads or you know, limiting the amount of exposure that they have? What, what advice do you have for, for parents out there, for, for mums and dads, aunties, uncles? You know what, young kids listening to this, we've got, we've got people from all over the world, all over the country listening, who are gonna be listening to this today. They're probably sitting back going, okay, I I hear what you're saying, but what can I actually do to make a difference in this? Yeah, the first step is to go to the Alliance for Gambling website and sign our petition to ban sports betting advertising. Uh, You'll also see their campaigns saying to SBS, you get public money. Why have you got sports betting ads on? Uh, SBS quietly will say, well, you know, we're scared that we'll lose the soccer. Uh, their big flagship uh, because sports betting companies literally are upstream controlling, uh, you know, the the broadcast rights. But calling for SBS to get out of our public broadcaster to get out of sports betting. 
Uh, a second thing to do is to write to Paul Fletcher, the Minister for Telecommunications, and to Richard Colbeck, the Minister for Sport, uh, and say, this is an abuse of uh, children's rights to allow these ads, these tsunami of ads, to actually be shaping and normalising that in their minds, footy is really about betting. Uh, they can, with the stroke of a pen, deal with these sports betting ads. They can do it. Other nations have done it. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to write to Minister Paul Fletcher, who's uh, the Minister for Communications, to say, uh, we're outraged. Uh, we want you to act. If you say your, your party, your government is family friendly and it protects kids, do it. I will let everybody know that those links to the website and also those email addresses will be in the show notes so you can get on and be a little bit proactive and make your difference. It may not seem like a lot, but there's been over 27,000 people so far who've supporting the, uh, the hashtag end gambling ads on that site as well too. Hopefully we can get many, many more as well too. Because like I said, it is making, it is making an impact across the board on, on everybody, young, young people, old people, etc. Now, let's just take a small step away from that at the moment. You mentioned to me when we were, when we were getting ready for this, you actually were quite a good footballer in your early days. Uh, tell us a little bit about that because I was actually a little bit surprised to the age that you played up until. I loved my footy. Uh, I played Masters uh, after I you know, played in normal underage um, adult teams and then I played Legends up to the age of 56. I was still playing. Uh, I was a full forward. I never got out of the 10-yard square. I was fast in the 10-yard square. I could take a grab and kick straight. So I loved my footy. I played for South Yarra. And, uh, yeah, so I'm very passionate about footy. And... Like you said earlier on, Essendon is your club. And I must admit, I think they're going to go okay. I reckon they're going to go better than okay this year. I think you're going to break the duck. I think you are going to get that final win that you've been looking for for many, many years. Um, just got to get a couple of things worked out in the forward line, but your midfield's looking amazing and your back line, mm -mm -mm, Jordan Ridley down there, I'm a massive fan. So I reckon you're going to be in my top eight this year. And make sure that you listen out for our Essendon uh, season preview, which will be coming up, listeners, because that is going to be absolutely sensational. Is there any final parting words that you would like to just share with, with our group that we haven't covered so far or, or a final thought or fact that you'd just like to, just to give to the group, just to you know finish up on? Because like I said, we've covered quite a fair bit in this chat, but just keep this in mind as a, as a final thought. Yeah, look, I, I would just say to all footy fans like me, uh, keep reminding the AFL that the game belongs to Australia. It's, uh, it's our clubs are some of the oldest sporting clubs in the world, Melbourne and Geelong. And handing this over to foreign-owned sports betting companies, this game over to them, which is what's been happening, is a complete failure by the AFL, a breach of trust with uh, those of us who love this game. Uh, and the pressure is on the AFL. Uh, it's becoming more and more difficult for them to justify each year their uh, sports betting sponsorships. Uh, so don't lose hope. Keep pushing on what I think is an open door. Beautiful. Tim Costello, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I know you've got lots on your plate. You've got lots of things going on in the background, and I really do appreciate it. And listeners out there, like I said, there are avenues for you. Ngamblingads.org.au website. I've got a link in the show notes. Get in contact with your local or federal minister saying, hey, listen, 
can you stop this? It's it's influencing us. And can we get back to sport being sport and not about who's the favourite based on the dollar amount too? So I know you want your football lace out, Tim, and more importantly, listeners, let's continue this conversation. Get around, support your friends, and more importantly, enjoy sport and enjoy the footy season for what it is, the best team on the park. Thanks for your time, Tim. Been a great, great chat. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Lace Out. Head over to iTunes and Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. And remember, join us every single Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, on our Facebook page with yours truly, Christopher Pepper, and the co-host with the most, Jamie Wallace, giving you your footy how you want it. Lace out.